time, the tabloids could not stop talking about Demi Moore and Ashton Kutcher's 15-year age gap. Eventually, though, they were distracted by something much juicier. Ashton's alleged infidelity. Welcome to Scandal from Shameless Podcast, the stories of the biggest celebrity controversies revisited. Alrighty, part three of three. We got here. We did we made it. get here. Let's have a quick chat about what we spoke about in the last episode because we have covered so much in these last couple of episodes. In the last one, we talked about how Demi and her first husband, Bruce Willis, got a divorce. Now, the reason for was never crystal clear. But then that said, we did have a pretty telling quote from Demi about what happened to their marriage in her memoir where she said, basically, he wanted to do whatever the fuck he wanted. He was 36, throw in celebrity and money, you do the math. You do the math. In 2003, Demi crossed paths with Ashton Kutcher, who at that point in time was still best known as like a celebrity prankster guy. They met at a party and immediately hit it off despite their 15-year age gap. Now, the press had a field day with their age gap. At the time, he was 25 and she was 40. They got serious really fast. Mm. Like they met and went public within a month, I think. And despite the fact the paparazzi and the tabloids were obsessed with the different stages of life that they came from, Mm. Demi and Ashton really did seem to get on well. Ashton seemed to fit in really well with Demi's family and even commented at the time how much he enjoyed spending time with her kids. Yeah, by 2005, so a couple of years after they got together, They fell pregnant and got engaged. Tragically, though, they lost their baby six months into the pregnancy. They were obviously distraught and Demi in particular struggled to deal with the trauma of it all. Yeah. Now, despite their grief, they actually still pushed ahead with their wedding plans. They got married in September 2005 and that's exactly where we left off. All right, Zara. So it's late 2005. Demi at this point in the timeline is 42. Ashton is 27. And despite their sadness about losing their unborn baby, they are pretty happily married. Yeah. In her grief, Demi turned to alcohol, though. She'd actually started drinking casually again when she started dating Ashton, breaking her sobriety streak of many years. However, she said it became to heighten after the loss of Chaplin. As per her memoir, drinking became interwoven in my pain. I've had a devastating experience. I am drinking. That's okay. That's what I told myself. But somewhere inside of me, I knew there was nothing okay about the way I related to alcohol. Mm, Reflecting on the first time she actually drank in front of her children on holiday that year, Demi wrote, it was funny to them when I drank that time, but it didn't stay funny. I had always been so careful with my kids to be stable, even keeled, gentle, even in the way I casually address them. When you drink, you become more direct and uninhibited. And to them, compared to the way I had been throughout their childhood, I sounded harsher. Yeah, now during this time, Demi was also going through IVF in an attempt to get pregnant again. And this was really difficult for her. She had trouble falling pregnant as she reflected, every time I got my period, proof that another cycle of IVF had failed, I felt myself reliving Chaplin's death and I went into a terribly dark place. I kept that completely secret. I soldiered on. 
What's really interesting and very sad to read as well is during this difficult period, Demi's relationship with her daughters did begin to suffer. By kind of soldiering on, as she wrote, and keeping her really painful IVF journey a secret from her daughters, who were now aged 17, 14 and 11 respectively, they felt that their mum was being secretive. And Demi wrote, it seemed like Ashton and I were shutting them out. Mm, You can see how this would happen. Those ages, 17, 14 and 11. A terrible time already. Let alone when you then throw in your mum, her new partner, which I imagine would have come with a lot of complicated feelings from her children. And then on top of that, the fact that this pregnancy journey is having such an impact on your mum, I can imagine there is a lot of layers there that need to kind of be picked apart. During an interview on Red Table Talk years later, Rumor Willis, so Demi's oldest daughter, opened up about how she felt during this period. She said, So much of that time, especially when mum was with Ashton, I was so angry because I felt like something that was mine had been taken away. And I think also when she wanted to have another baby and it wasn't happening, there was so much focus on that. It was like, oh, so we're not enough for you. I can understand how teenagers <sighs> would feel like that. Same. Because you're the centre of your world and you don't know anything else. But yeah. of course that's how you feel about your mum. In the same interview, Tallulah said, I felt very forgotten. I developed and I nurtured a narrative that she didn't love me. I imagine they were also talking to each other about this. Yeah, and fueling each other. Yeah. And I think as well, if your mum so desperately wants a baby you're seeing yourself as a teenager as kind of losing your shine or something. Like you're not as desirable as a daughter anymore because you're a teenager now. It feels very much like it was this point in the timeline that things started to go downhill for Demi and her daughters, but we're going to touch more on that in a bit because for now it was becoming clear that perhaps Demi and Ashton weren't soulmates after all. Yeah, we're kind of zooming forward a little bit to 2008. By this point, Demi was 46, Ashton was 30, and he was about to star in a comedy movie called Spread. Now, through a series of miscommunications, it became clear to Demi that Ashton didn't want her on set with him much while he was filming this movie, which stung. Of this, she wrote in her memoir, I was devastated. Bruce always felt that he wasn't needed, that I gave him too much space. I had been trying not to repeat that mistake. I thought I was being supportive, there for Ashton in whatever he needed. What, in fact, he had needed was space. I had made him the focus of all my attention and that's on me. Oh, that's so hard. What's going on there? So she's saying I had made him the centre of my universe and he had made me a peripheral character? I think so, in some way. Especially if she's saying, well, Bruce felt like the last relationship I was in was one with a man who said I didn't need him enough. Mm. I tried to course correct. Now I needed somebody too much who, in fact, didn't need me as much. Mm. And I think it's so interesting that she's got here, like, and that's on me, like I needed him so much. Because I think if you feel like you're with a partner where you need each other just as much, mm. there's no insecurity. Yeah. Yeah. That's and you're not worried about being too needy at all. To make matters worse, after some dental surgery, Demi was given a prescription for the painkiller Vicodin, which she slowly began to use even when she wasn't in pain. Her alcohol usage also slowly but surely rose as her insecurity surrounding her relationship grew as well. Yeah. Of this, Demi wrote, initially the pills took the edge off off made life feel a little bit easier with pills I was in control they gave me energy to jump in and get things done over time though they stopped having the same effect and I needed more and more to feel the way I wanted I got to the point where I was taking 12 a day 
Demi eventually managed to detox herself from Vicodin after a bad experience where she couldn't actually recall how many pills she'd ingested in a single day. But she recalled that Ashton wasn't entirely supportive. At least Demi didn't believe that he was sympathetic enough. Of that, she wrote, going off opiates is agony. I felt like I'd lived through war. Ashton did not offer me any reinforcement or compassion. I felt like he was angry with me for having this problem in the first place. You made your bed, now you have to lie in it. Now that second part, you made your bed, now you have to lie in it, is put in quotation marks. So it's not clear, did he say this to her or is this the impression that she got from his behaviour? It's left kind of up in the air. Correct. But it's certainly the impression I think she was getting, whether it was said to her directly or not. As time went on in Ashton and Demi's marriage, sly cracks did start to show publicly. In February 2010, for example, Ashton gave an interview to Parade, which resulted in quite a few headlines. Now, the quote was this. I think one thing sort of defines it, which is it's not how much you love someone when you love them, but it's how much you love them when you hate them. It's when you're in that moment where you cannot stand what the person you're with is doing, but you still love them. When things get tough, it's not what you say. It's about what you do. It's giving Katy Perry and Orlando Bloom. Yeah, I agree. It's so funny. Like, (laughs) There's always merit to the idea that relationships are not perfect, right? That you have to work at them and you're not going to wake up every single day. And be sunshine and roses. Yeah, like it's hard. It's a long life. Yeah. But I think when you're a public figure, it's astounding to me that these public figures don't realise how these quotes are going to be kind of re-quoted. And if you're going to say the word hate. Hate, when you hate them. That is going to be spread far and wide. It's not giving media training somehow. No. Like there's a way to say, oh, it's about working through the tough times when you're not seeing eye to eye. There's a million different ways to put this that isn't saying when I hate my partner, it's important that I love her. <laughs> I also think like a lot of people would be looking on being like, even when my partner's annoying me, I don't hate them. I don't hate them. Like I haven't had that experience of hating my partner. And I wonder if a lot of people were looking onto this to be like, I think you thought you were giving a relatable quote, but not everyone finds that relatable. <laughs> You you think it's relatable, everyone else thinks it's concerning. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Now, the Sydney Morning Herald certainly thought it was concerning. I read their article back from 2010. They ran it under the headline, Ashton Kutcher loves to hate Demi Moore. Oh, God. I love it when we include local (laughs) news outlets for these scandals. Around this time, and on at least two occasions, Demi says that her and Ashton invited a third person into the bedroom. Now... I think it's really important for us to put a disclaimer here. (laughs) It is not as if in every case that if someone has a threesome in their relationship, the relationship is therefore in trouble. Not at all. It just feels very much like from the research we've done with Demi and reading her memoir that she definitely thought that this was a sign in her relationship that something was in trouble. For sure. We'll read you the passage from Inside Out. Having other people in our marriage presented a totally false sense of power and an absolutely temporary sense of excitement. Part of the point of monogamy is the energy of someone making the sacrifice or the choice for you, and thereby you hold this special place that no one else can have. As soon as another person is brought in, you are no longer being held in that same spot. She went on. Ashton was less and less present. 
I went into contortions in an attempt to fit the mold of whatever he wanted his wife to be. I wanted this marriage to work and I was willing to do whatever it took to jump through any hoop. So when he expressed his fantasy of wanting to bring a third person into our bed, I did not say no. I wanted to show him how great and fun I could be. Okay, so lots to unpack there. I'm so impressed that she went there in her memoir. For someone as famous as Demi Moore, this is like as candid as you can get. Maybe candid at Ashton Kutcher's expense though. Yeah, well, there's a few points in this book that is candid (laughs) at Ashton Kutcher's expense. Yeah, look, as we said... This is something that would be tough in an individual relationship. If you're actually not the personality that wants to extend your relationship, I don't know, are we going to call it outside monogamy? Kind of. Well, threesomes. So, yeah, it's non, it's monogamish. Yeah. Like you're kind of blurring monogamy. Yeah, exactly. And if that doesn't come naturally to you, which clearly in this passage it didn't come naturally to Demi and it's not actually what she wanted yeah then it would signal the end of your relationship because you're trying to be something for your partner that you're actually not comfortable with well that line I went into contortions in an attempt to fit the mold of what he wanted his wife to be that actually makes me really really sad yeah sad that you feel like it's like she felt like she had to perform like perform being the fun hot free wife for him because otherwise she wasn't going to be what he wanted anymore Yeah, exactly. Unfortunately for Demi as well, things were only going to get worse for their relationship from here on out. But more on that after the break. Okay, Zara, you said before the break that things were about to get worse. And that could be an understatement because on September 1, 2010, Star Magazine ran a story headlined exclusive, Ashton Kutcher caught cheating on Demi Moore. Their story read, their 15-year age gap always made Ashton Kutcher and Demi Moore seem like an unlikely match. And now, just five years after getting married, the couple's relationship is in danger of falling apart as Star Magazine breaks the bombshell news that the actor was caught cheating with a sexy, young 20-something. Sexy, young 20-something. The story went on. We report that an eyewitness saw the punked mastermind kissing and groping a hot young blonde by an out-of-the-way bathroom at an Italian restaurant, Medeo, in LA. Ashton had this gorgeous girl pinned against the wall and he was totally making out with her. An eyewitness, who was on his way to the restroom, tells Star, I was shocked to see him sucking face (laughs) with a girl who obviously wasn't Demi. Mm. It's interesting because how would you feel if this story dropped in 2023 and we were doing the podcast and all we had was this from Star? Well, I wouldn't trust it because I'm thinking of our Beck and Leighton Hewitt episode. I know this is Star magazine we're talking about here and Beck and Leighton, we were talking about a local Australian, like really soapy, frothy tabloid here. Remember how the tabloid confused, I think it was Beck Hewitt's brother brother, and said she was having an affair with this guy and they had pap photos and everything. So I think those kind of stories always stick in my head to go, don't trust a word they say, don't trust a word they say. But then every now and then they are reporting legitimate sources. Yeah. Well, let's talk about whether this story was true because what's interesting is we still don't know for sure even to this day at the time ashton took to twitter to say i think star magazine calling me a cheater qualifies as defamation of character i hope my lawyer agrees star magazine you don't get to stand behind freedom of the press when you are writing fiction i also think it's 
somehow relevant context here to mention that this was Ashton's glory Twitter days. (laughs) He was the first person to reach a million followers on Twitter, remember? He was huge on Twitter. People loved him on Twitter, loved his personality. He was such a... Scuttergun. Yeah, they loved him on the platform. So I think at this time... For the cheating rumours to come out in a magazine like Star and for him to hit back so emphatically on a platform like Twitter where he's so loved, it would be very easy for people to turn around and say, yeah, not true. I would have loved to have polled people back in the day and seen the splits because I definitely would have said there's absolutely nothing here. And as you said, Zara, we don't know. What we do know is what came later. Is what came <laughs> later because this was not the end of the cheating allegations in the tabloids. Indeed, not even the end of cheating allegations in Star Magazine. Just a couple of weeks later, Star Magazine ran this Ashton cheats again with this girl. 21-year-old tells all. They clearly weren't worried about being sued. <laughs> I know. They must have really backed their sourcing, to be honest. Or because, just had the money to do it. Yeah. This time, they not only had an eyewitness to the cheating, this time they had interviewed a woman that Ashton had reportedly cheated on Demi with. Mm, as per Marie Claire at the time, brunette Brittany Jones <laughs> told the magazine she met Ashton for sex and stayed with him at his LA mansion while Demi Moore was out of town. I did all the suggesting in the texts. It was like he was paranoid and didn't want to text anything that would get him into trouble, she revealed. I asked him if he wanted to meet. That's how we made the plans. She went on. <laughs> He's a great lover. Very considerate and sweet. And it was very special to me. I felt totally comfortable in his arms. It was tender and nice, not some random sex act. How do you happen to land on all of the sexy little quotes? I don't know. It's always me in this, in these episodes. Now, again, in the press, Ashton Kutcher denied these cheating claims as well. He even doubled down with a statement from his lawyers. It read, Star Magazine continuously publishes lies about Ashton Kutcher and many other celebrities. This is not the first nor will it be the last time they engage in reckless conduct publicly Demi and Ashton put on a united front as husband and wife Demi tweeted a selfie with Ashton and wrote this caption great weekend with hubby and his family but now it's back to work for us play hard work hard well that'll do it squashed (laughs) I'm trying to think how I would respond if like Mitch and I ended up in this situation. What is the post I would put up with Mitch? I think I'd do a carousel yeah. with a bunch of other people. Mitch just happens to be like maybe pick five. Yeah, I was going to say three or four. Yeah. And it's like the back of his head and we're at the beach or something. Yeah, yeah. Play <laughs> hard, work hard. Wow, we. Privately, though, things were crumbling and very quickly too. According to Demi's story, as it turned out, this cheating allegation did hold water. In Inside Out, Demi recalled... Ashton had slept with a 21-year-old at our home when I was out of town. I remember the night they met. We were at a bowling alley with Rumor. When he went to switch out our shoes, she gave him her number on a napkin. Or that's what he told me at the time. When we got home that night and he showed it to me, I said, that is just gross. We were there with our kid and she was there with her mum and sister. I had a visceral response. It was revulsion. So the fact that he then pursued her felt like a real fuck you. Suddenly, his infidelity was all over the celebrity gossip circuit. My mind is swirling. That Mm. story, like cheating's bad, obviously, would make you feel like dirt any which way. But according to Demi's story, for it to happen in a way where he almost tries to tell you it's happening, like 
why did he show her the napkin? Did it kind of half fall out of his pocket and he was like, I'm going to jump on the front foot? Good one. I yeah, think that's no, you're the right. only way that what? that yes. happens. Especially the detail of like when we got home that night and told it to him. It was like, it wasn't like he walked straight up after no. it happened and said that was the weirdest exchange ever she just gave me her number which i would expect my partner to do straight away i would expect him not to keep the napkin are you kidding if or, a or give it to me to hand it i would expect mitch in the moment to be like no thank you oh yeah no, so thanks. true Wait, why are you taking it <laughs> why are you saying yeah thanks and taking it home yeah incredibly strange now according to demi ashton allegedly claimed that because they had opened up their relationship to threesomes that it had blurred the lines when it came to having sex outside of their marriage she recalled ashton was the one to ask for the threesomes <laughs> apparently 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 i think he felt remorse she wrote but he was also looking for a way to deflect blame and maintain his own perception of himself as a decent family guy in retrospect i think all of this was his way of trying to get out of our marriage i think part of him cherished what we had and part of him couldn't wait to move on Unfortunately, around this time, Demi was feeling that rift between herself and her daughters grow. In fact, she also felt like her long-standing friendship with Bruce was starting to falter. She actually found out that her daughters Scout and Tallulah, so her two younger daughters, wanted to live with their dad full-time mm. instead of her. Of that, she wrote, of course, everyone had their own reason for distancing themselves. Scout was trying to separate, grow up, start a new life at college. Bruce was starting a new life with his new partner and was not in the mood to deal with his old one. Tallulah was angry about being told what to do. She was just being a kid, but her opinion became everyone's opinion that I was to blame for a rapidly widening rift. Everything sounds like a mess. Yeah, and I can imagine, I love Demi Moore, but I can imagine that with everything going on for her and with her history, maybe she wasn't the easiest to deal with at this time either. No, there's a lot of relationships that are faltering at the same time, yeah. right? And you've got to look at the common thread there and what that is. Demi and Ashton, for what it's worth, tried to mend their relationship. They tweeted photos of themselves together. They were smiling and happy quite a lot during this period. And according to Demi in private, Ashton had reiterated how much he treasured their marriage. Mm, it did eventually end, though. In mid-2011, Ashton confessed to Demi that he thought they should split. As per her memoir, I looked at Ashton as I entered the room. His eyes were icy, dead. It was like I was seeing the coldest person I'd ever encountered, nothing like the man I fell in love with years earlier. That night, he said, I think I should move out. Whoa, 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 was all I could say. We're married. That's not how we do things. I could feel that he was withholding something. He was done. Uh, even though Demi could sense that the marriage was over, she persuaded Ashton to commit to counselling sessions and they made it to their sixth wedding anniversary in September 2011. Well, they just made it. Mm. Because on September 29, 2011, Radar Online broke yet another salacious story about Ashton cheating on Demi, this time with an unnamed 23-year-old. The Daily Mail reported at the time, the entertainment website claims the liaison happened last Friday in San Diego after an alcohol-fueled night out. Radar Online says it received the information from multiple friends of the woman. So how, you might be wondering, did Demi find out about this? She found out via Google Alert. She wrote, I was about to get my hair and makeup done for the evening when I got a Google Alert on my phone. 
Ashton Kutcher caught cheating flashed across my screen. At first, I assumed that it was more about the previous year's incident. But once I clicked on the link, I realized it was brand new. She continued, Are you fucking kidding me is what came out of my mouth as soon as he picked up the phone, by which I meant how dumb can you get? You couldn't at least found a way to cheat on me quietly, to privately break my heart without dragging me through a public gauntlet of humiliation. He admitted it right away. It was clear at this point to both Demi and Ashton that their marriage was well and truly over. So on November 11, 2011, Ashton moved out of their shared home and on November 18, they released a statement announcing their separation, but separate statements, which I always find interesting. Yeah, well, it's never a good sign, right? Some couples release joint statements and we know for a fact that things are really acrimonious. So when you can't even put on the public display of unity, you know things are like so cataclysmically broken. Especially if you don't have to write the statement. Oh, yeah, It's <laughs> like you've got people to work together. Like you've got mediators to write yeah. it together and release it, but you can't even get those people to work together. Yeah. Yeah, so Demi said this in her statement. It is with great sadness and a heavy heart that I have decided to end my six-year marriage to Ashton. As a woman, a mother and a wife, there are certain values and vows that I hold sacred and it is in this spirit that I have chosen to move forward with my life. This is a trying time for me and my family, so I would ask for the same compassion and privacy that you would give to anyone going through a similar situation. I don't remember her statement being this candid. I don't remember their breakup being this salacious. Maybe I was just too young. Maybe. I I was in year 12 when yeah. this was happening. So I'm not sure if I was as engaged with these kinds of stories as I would be now. Yeah, I was in year 11. I don't know if I was either. For his part, Ashton tweeted, I will forever cherish the time I spent with Demi. Marriage is one of the most difficult things in the world and unfortunately sometimes they fail. Love and light. AK. Love and light AK. I've got to say, I know this is the most obvious point in the world, but Demi Moore, I imagine, would have gone through a lot, having the whole world speculate on this age gap for all the years you're together, and then to find out your partner has supposedly cheated on you with women two decades younger than you. Like, surely that would give you some kind of complex that the whole world was saying this for so long, and then the way your partner allegedly, reportedly behaves adds up with that especially when there's a pattern it's not like a once-off or it seems like there's a pattern based on these reports years later we would hear more from ashton on the demise of their marriage he actually spoke to esquire years and years later where he said the moment the information about me dating demi broke my life changed i was 26 bearing the responsibility of an eight-year-old a 10-year-old and a 12-year-old that's how some teen parents must experience their 20s i wouldn't have got married to a woman that had three kids if i didn't love kids the idea of having another kid would have been incredible for whatever reason i had to have that experience Losing a kid that you think you're going to have and getting that close to thinking you're going to have a kid is really, really painful. Everyone deals with that in different ways. Mm, Curiously, in response to that quote, everyone deals with that in different ways, the Esquire journalist added, he doesn't say how he coped at the time, which I felt like was a maybe like a raised eyebrow, like a wink to the reader who maybe knows about these reports. Ashton also said in this interview that the divorce carried a lot of shame. He said, nothing makes you feel like a failure like divorce. Divorce feels like a wholesale fucking failure. You failed at marriage. 
The Esquire piece kind of subtly confirms Demi's claims that Ashton wasn't faithful. I mean, this section in particular definitely caught our attention. Kutcher's reputation was in tatters. His infidelity played out with varying degrees of accuracy on news sites and in common gossip everywhere. More than once, Kutcher says he found himself during that time at industry events where he'd hear people, people he admired, people who knew what it was like to live publicly, talking shit about his breakup. Can you believe what he fucking did? It rang in his ears. I really love this piece. So do I. There's something about it that I would love to know as well the ins and outs of how Ashton Kutcher's team worked with Esquire on this because like you read the piece and you get the impression as from that passage with varying degrees of accuracy it was reported that he was unfaithful I just would love to know how they landed on a good midpoint because clearly the Esquire journalist wanted to have this in there but Ashton didn't want to say anything directly that supported it. Yeah, I think it's like the quotes won't come from me, but also what are you to do when your ex-wife comes out with a statement Mm. like the one that she did? Like it's very clear from her perspective what she thinks caused the marriage to break down. Mm. I don't know if anyone can argue with that. That other perspective is out there. After the separation announcement, though, back to kind of the timeline, things got worse for Demi and quickly. A quick trigger warning before we tell the rest of this story. This will deal with substance abuse and may be triggering for some listeners. On January 25, 2012, TMZ did run a story with the headline, Demi Moore rushed to hospital for substance abuse. The report read, Demi Moore was rushed to hospital on Monday night and we're told the issue is substance abuse. Law enforcement tells us a 911 call was placed at 10.45pm on Monday. Paramedics responded to Demi's LA home and after assessing her for half an hour, she was transported to a local hospital. In response to this report, Demi's PR team released a statement that explained that she would be entering treatment for, and we quote, stress and exhaustion. The statement read, because of the stresses in her life right now, Demi has chosen to seek professional assistance to treat her exhaustion and improve her overall health. She looks forward to getting well and is grateful for the support of her family and friends. Of course, thanks to the memoir Inside Out, we know exactly what was happening around this time, Zara. Yeah, in Inside Out, Demi wrote, I couldn't eat. My body hurt all over and inside of it, my heart was broken. I started to misuse migraine medication. At a party in my living room in January 2012, I didn't do anything more than anyone else did. Rumor, some friends of hers, some friends of mine. I inhaled some nitrous. I smoked a little spice, which is like man-made pot. It's not like I went wild and overdosed. Just to pause on that. She was partying with her daughter and her daughter's friends. Yes. Hollywood is a completely different place. She continued, I just had a weird reaction, a seizure, which is apparently not that uncommon when people do nitrous. But on a deeper level, would I have even considered doing drugs with my kid there if I were in my right mind? Of course not. I scared rumors so badly when she saw me there, semi-conscious on the floor. She thought I might die in front of her. After that night, she joined her younger sisters in refusing to speak with me. So Rumor was 24 years old when this was happening. It's just like 
again, one of those kinds of stories where it's hard to even have an opinion on it or say anything about it because I have no reference point for this. I agree. Demi went into treatment. She went to rehab and also therapy to deal with her childhood trauma and the very painful divorce from Ashton. Despite her best efforts, her daughters did not want to attend family week at the treatment center. She said, my kids gave me an ultimatum. We won't speak to you unless you go to rehab. But I went and they still didn't show up for me. I told them how important it was for them to attend family week, not just for me, but for all of us. But they refused. I couldn't get my mind around what I had done that was so terrible that they would cut me off without a conversation. It made me mad. How do you feel about this? It feels a little bit to me like Demi, I don't know, she's positioning herself a little bit as a victim here to me instead of maybe assuming the role of caregiver and mother and I know her own mum failed her in many ways to model this for her but it's really hard because again like addiction is such a complicated beast and in many ways you are a victim of addiction Mm. right but that said I honestly wonder if her childhood was so hard and her relationship with her mother was so fraught that she looked at her relationship with her daughters and was like but this is nothing yeah you guys don't even know you don't know what it's like which in many ways I can imagine how you get to that point it's like this could be so much worse but to most people this is still really tough for kids to get their head around now Demi kept a low profile for the next few years picking up some smaller film roles after her treatment until 2019 it was unclear where her relationship stood with her daughters and with Bruce But upon the release of the memoir Inside Out and the subsequent press run, things became pretty clear. Yeah. Now, perhaps unsurprisingly, Inside Out was a runaway commercial success. It actually went on to become a New York Times bestseller. And given the stuff in this book about Demi's life, about Bruce Willis, and certainly about Ashton Kutcher, (laughs) it sparked so many headlines. Yes, Ashton Kutcher, for what it's worth, did not love the release of this memoir. Hours after it hit the stands, he tweeted, I was about to push the button on a really snarky tweet. Then I saw my son, daughter and wife and I deleted it. Love heart. Oh, 80,000 people liked that tweet. He then added, life is good. Then like a hyphen Larry Kutcher, as if like a like he's quoting his dad in that tweet. Then he says, for truth, text me and put his phone number. Yeah. Do you remember this? I remember you. I texted him this. like yeah. three times. <laughs> to be like, spill the tea. He did not reply. Let me tell you that much. <laughs> so you'll notice that Ashton Kutcher mentioned his wife and kids in that tweet. That is because by this point, he was, of course, married to Mila Kunis. Mm. Let's quickly go back in time a little bit to talk about how they got together and then we'll kind of get ourselves back up to speed to where we were. (laughs) Speculation that Miller and Ashton were together surfaced in April 2012 when pap photos were published of them on what very much looked like a date. What's really fascinating about this is how quick the denial came from her team Her team released a statement saying, no, they are so not dating. They've been friends for years. Three other people were with them. Definitely nothing going on here. It's worth talking about the timeline as well. Mm. So it was sort of November 2011 that the split announcement came from Demi and Ashton. Demi Moore was rushed to hospital in early 2012. So if he had moved on by April 
perhaps they were trying to keep it under wraps. Yeah, I think you're 100% bang on. I don't think you're emphatically denying this if it's true, which we know now they were dating. It's so interesting as well because when I was going back to do the research on this bit, I was reading a lot of articles at the time and there was this really interesting one from Lainey Gossip where Lainey Gossip quoted the statement from Miller's team and wrote that, oh my God, Miller Kunis is so embarrassed about the idea of dating Ashton Kutcher that they've released this statement so fast. So the sentiment at the time was like, that's how quick they were on it, which was really different to what we normally see. Yeah, for sure. Now, this got serious because by July 2012, pap photos of Ashton and Mila Kunis kissing surfaced in the tabloids. And so it was clear they were dating. They were more than just friends. Mila Kunis has actually said that they started sleeping together casually, but very quickly realized there was something more under the surface. She said on an interview with Mark Marin, I felt like I got punched in the gut literally overnight. I was like, you know what? I actually care about you. I don't want to mess anything up. So I'm just going to walk away before it becomes too much. And he was like, got it. And the next day he showed up to my house and was like, move in with me. And I said, okay. I mean, really complicated dynamic for these two, given they had known each other for so long. Mm. Like they had worked on that 70s show together when she was just a kid. This story might be true. It also might be a really easy way for them to tell the story of how they got together so fast that overnight she just suddenly got really in love with him. Yeah, I don't know. But regardless, it sounds like they were very much perhaps living together at the time that they were denying even dating. Yeah. It's hard to kind of understand the timeline when you're going back through, but my hunch says that they might have been living together when those denials were published. I think so. They got engaged in February 2014. They then married a year later. They have two children and, as we know, are still together. And seem very happy. Seem very happy. It would be interesting to kind of, know what things are like behind closed doors but they certainly portray marital bliss publicly yeah that's a good way to put it back to Demi's memoir though that was released in 2019 and of course Ashton was not happy about was gonna publish that snarky tweet but then saw his wife and kids (laughs) when asked why she wanted to write her memoir in all its messiness and its truth during an interview with James Corden she said what is the point of doing it if you're not going to share something real to me it wasn't just a celebrity story it was a human story my hope was that in sharing all of it the good the bad the ugly that maybe it would touch someone else and inspire them She's right. She didn't go half the way there unless there's stuff she left out. But (laughs) I can't imagine how she would have. She she told all of it. Yeah, no, she really did. Also to match the timelines up a bit as well, you guys would remember we were talking about Demi and her daughters going on Red Table Talk earlier in the episode. This is when that chat actually happened. And by this point in 2019, the book's out And Demi and her daughters are all on a pretty good page, it sounds like. They're kind of a united front again. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the kids were happy to do publicity for the book. Yeah. So by 2019, they had clearly mended their relationship to a really strong point. As far as we know today, Demi has a stupidly strong relationship with Bruce Willis. She seems to have dated on and off over the years since the divorce, but has remained single from what we can tell. But I do think it's her relationship with Bruce that I've enjoyed learning about the most. 
and kind of feels like the hero of this whole story when it wasn't even what we came into this for. I love that they are still friends. In fact, it seems like they're closer now than ever. For example, back in 2020, sorry to take us all there mentally, (laughs) they actually shared a bunch of photos together in quarantine. They were living with daughter's rumour, who at the time was 31, Scout, 28, and Tallulah, who was then 26. They were also living under the same roof with Willis's wife of 11 years, Emma Hemming, and his two children with her. So it was like the definition of quarantining with your blended modern family. Yeah, and they were posting like in matching pyjamas and looking like they were having a really good time. And as much as you can say, oh, well, maybe they were just putting that out into the world, you're still stuck in the same house. Like you have to be able to get along. There's no reason why they would do that unless they genuinely enjoyed each other's company. Why are you living with your ex-husband and his new wife? Really painful publicity stunt if that's the case. (laughs) Now, very sadly, on March 30, 2022, Bruce's family announced that he was retiring from acting because he'd been diagnosed with aphasia, which is a disorder typically caused by damage to the area of the brain that controls language, expression and comprehension. Just under a year later, they announced that he'd also been diagnosed with dementia. And in a statement, the family said that his condition had progressed and that challenges with communication are just one symptom of the disease. Mm. It looks like a really difficult time for the family, but I think certainly one heartening thing to see is all of their Instagram activity makes it very clear that they are all representatives of the family. Mm. You've got Emma Hemming, the two kids, but also Demi and her daughters too. They are all one big family who want to communicate with the world about Bruce and care for him as well. Yeah, it just seems like they've all completely enveloped him with love while he goes through what can only be described as like an insurmountable health battle. In her memoir, Demi wrote of her relationship with Bruce, it's a funny thing to say, but I'm very proud of our divorce. We are going to leave it there because, as we said, who knew the divorce of of Demi and Bruce would be the hero of this (laughs) series? But what a ride. I honestly have a lot of respect for Demi Moore. Obviously Mm. a really, really complicated person who's dealt with so much. But Mm. for her to overcome the kinds of things that she has in the way that she has is astounding. It's really interesting to me that she's kind of got two divorces in her wake with very different relationships with those ex-partners. Oh, massively. And and, and she could have gone that way with Bruce. I mean, they had a fractured relationship 10 years ago. The thing that she's hinted towards is that it was the similar thing that broke down her relationship with Bruce as it broke yes. down with Ashton. Yes, so 100%. it's fascinating to me. I wonder if it's because you share kids together. I would also love to know what Mila Kunis thinks of all of this. I would love <laughs> to know. We will never find out, will we? Never. A big thank you, as always, to our researcher, Eilish Gilligan, who put this one together with us. We are so appreciative. If you guys want to follow us on Instagram, at Shameless Podcast, we will have some photos. We absolutely will. Some throwback photos, some little videos, just some fun content about this series that you can follow along. Yeah, guys, we will be back in your ears on Thursday for our first episode back from holidays. Yeah, future us. Uh, Pre- spoil things, guys. We do record these. Before. <laughs> Free holiday me is shattered that there will be an episode back from holidays. Where are you in the world? Are you, are you just getting back when this episode drops? It's yeah, July I'm back. In, I'm back in Melbourne when this episode oh, drops. Oh, I'm so sorry. That's all right. It's got to happen. That's the point of holidays. See you soon, guys. Bye.
Shameless Media. This podcast was recorded on Wurundjeri land. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land. Hi guys, Shameless Media's video producer Charlotte here. I'm abruptly popping up at the end of this episode to tell you about a new series I've been working on called The Tastemakers. It lives on the Shameless Book Club feed and the series explores the inspiration and motivation of Australia's most trusted tastemakers. Hosted by the wonderful Gemma Diamond and spanning across six episodes, we'll hear about everything from beauty to lifestyle and food. One of my favourite episodes to film was with Maggie Zhao. She's such a bookworm and she offered up some really interesting in-depth insights that I really loved. It's so good to see Gemma and Maggie sit down and talk about books and they just had such a fantastic chemistry on the day that when we were shooting, I just knew that this was a good episode. Oh my God. So do you know how we talk about social media and it's like, yeah, like an overnight success, like this person, you know, overnight literally gained a million followers, right? So think of that and now think of the opposite of that. (laughs) And that is me. Tastemakers is made for anybody who is looking for a slice of inspiration from influential women who are ready to offer up their expertise. Search for The Shameless Book Club in your favourite podcast app now, have a listen and make sure to click follow so you don't miss your next favourite episode.